The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. Shout out to uh, New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E, at New Day Music on Twitter. Appreciate the new intro song that you guys hooked us up with. We appreciate it very much. James, a lot to get into. We're kind of going to split the trade deadline discussion into two separate shows. Next week, we'll be talking about the individual organizational rankings, but today we'll talk about the prospects traded at the deadline and uh, your latest overhaul of the top 400. Uh, a lot to get into. But first off, what do you think of the, of the deadline just generally? Uh, you know, there were bigger names got dealt than I think I was expecting about a week ago. Uh, I mean, obviously, it kind of became clear the last couple of days that Archer was going to get moved uh, once they kind of asked for final offers. The Tommy Pham trade, I think, is the one that confused me the most and the one I didn't see coming and still don't really understand from St. Louis's perspective. Uh, you know, the Gaussman trade, I, 
I thought that was a heist by the Braves. Um, you know, there, there were, we've been saying this for, it feels like a month now, but it, it was a buyer's market. And uh, I think the Archer deal was actually a lot fairer than I think a lot of people do. I've heard some people say that it was pretty one-sided for the Pirates. Uh, I think the Rays actually did pretty well there. But, uh, you know, it was a lot lot more action than I was anticipating about a week ago. Yeah, the FAM deal surprised me when I got in. You know, I had to finish my move. Uh, I was just moving across town in Madison. Um, Not a great (laughs) way way to line that up. Yeah, having to yeah, way to go (laughs) on the deadline. Yeah, I kind of blew it. But uh, you know, I came in a little bit late and saw that, and I was really kind of taken aback just because that was not a name that we'd heard and mentioned in rumors at all. Tommy Pham. As a Reds fan, I was a little disappointed the Reds couldn't give away Matt Harvey. You know, I thought they could at least get maybe a lottery ticket type of prospect. Not even that, but just somebody who could be like a utility player or bullpen arm down the road that didn't happen i did like the duval trade so that was good but getting back to the fam deal real quick um i'm sorry the archer deal real quick do you have any sense of who that third piece may be because that's kind of intriguing i've heard that it's going to be somebody that you know most fans who are familiar with prospects will know yeah no it's it's supposed to be a legitimate piece uh you know, I could see it. It I, I know Cabrian Hayes, who I have now as the their top prospect. He's been informed that it's not him. <laughs> if it had been Hayes, I think that would just be an absolute home run for the Rays. But uh, you know, I could see it being Calvin Mitchell, uh, their their top outfield prospect at Low A. Uh, I could see it being O'Neill Cruz, who's a intriguing power hitting prospect, also at Low A. Uh, could maybe see it being Shane Baz, their first rounder from last year, righty who's got really nice stuff uh, working on the command and control. Maybe a guy like Shirton Apostle, who's who's a lottery ticket in the lower levels. Uh, you know, if it ends up being a guy like Brian Reynolds or Kevin Newman or Kevin Kramer or someone like that, I mean, I think that'll be a little disappointing if you're a Rays fan, and it'll make the trade look a little less. Uh, good on that end but if if it is a, a high-end guy if it's one of those first few guys I named then I think it's a it's, it's a nice third piece yeah I thought the Rays did pretty well I mean I love Archer but that's a decent return Meadows is impressive prospect and Glass now with a nice debut last night I I love that they targeted Glass now because uh, sometimes I, I mean you know I've kind of been banging this drum with him for feels like over a year now but it's just you know guys that are that tall like i think he's six eight uh and have stuff that's that electric it just takes a while sometimes you have to be patient especially from a command perspective uh the rays uh reportedly their pitching coach is is kind of a, a guru of, of getting pitchers to learn how to control their bodies and and is has experience working with taller pitchers so uh, it seems like kind of a ideal landing spot for him, and it it's kind of an ideal spot for him to kind of get uh, brought in slowly as kind of you know I think he went what three and a third or three and two thirds last night, then you know bring him up to you know four innings, five innings, uh, you know eventually maybe in a year or two we're looking at a guy who's a legitimate frontline starter. Uh, I mean he's got his stuff is as good as archers if not better uh mm-hmm. right now it's just a matter of kind of uh honing it in and, and him throwing enough strikes and being efficient with his pitches and you know worst case scenario he's just uh, a guy that is uh 
kind of an electric multi-inning reliever, but I, I still think there's a, a, a shot that he becomes a frontline starter. And then uh, Meadows, I mean, they get to go forward now with Kevin Kiermeyer, Tommy Pham, and Austin Meadows as their their go-to outfield. And I, I think that's that's a heck of an outfield, uh, you know, under team control. Uh, Meadows has weirdly been better in the big leagues this year than he's been at AAA. So, uh, you know, probably not quite as good as his numbers this season indicate uh, going forward, but uh, it's still a great player to have under team control. So interested to see who that third piece is as well, but I, I think it was a, a pretty fair deal. Nice. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Keep an eye. I did not see that Brian Hayes had been informed that it was not him, but that's good to know. Um, so, th- you know, looking at your top 400, which again has been updated, you could check it out for yourself com slash pod for free 10 day trial you know not a ton of the the top top tier prospects were moved at the deadline but who do you think maybe benefited the most and maybe you bumped up the most uh, as a result of the trades um yeah that's a good question because yeah i mean you're right uh there wasn't a ton of movement i mean there this will be a trend like Every year from here on out, you're just not going to see a ton of movement, especially inside the top 100. Uh, I think Francisco Mejia obviously benefited uh, from getting traded from the Indians to the Padres because the Padres don't really have to care about his defense in the short term. Uh, they can kind of let him learn on the job in that regard. So that that sort of opens up a more obvious route for playing time uh, for Francisco Mejia. And uh, I think it's a good bet by the team to kind of try to let him eventually get good enough behind the plate so that he is a a two a true two-way player by the time they're ready to compete uh oscar mercado getting traded to the indians i think was was good for his value just because i mean the the cardinals were so desperate to get at bats for their young outfielders that they gave tommy fam away for like 60 cents on the dollar Mm -hmm. and so you know mercado was still behind bader was still behind tyler o'neill Uh, goes to a team that you know really Cleveland's outfield depth is their only major flaw at this point so you know a guy like Oscar Mercado could uh, I mean he's on the 40 man I believe so I think he'll be up in September at the latest so I think that's that's good for his value he probably wasn't going to play at all with St. Louis this year Um, so those are those are two guys that kind of come to mind Uh, I mean Kevin Gaussman obviously like you get traded from baltimore to anywhere really you're gonna you're gonna be better off uh getting traded to the nl is great for him uh love a change of scenery uh for him and then you know chris archer i think gets a, a small bump in value too just going from the al to the nl yeah and you mentioned that cardinals outfield i know you're not a big tyler o'neill guy but i think he's got a pretty clear path down at least the power makes him pretty useful we'll see how the playing time divvies up but he's a guy that certainly benefits from fam getting cleared out yeah and i and i I bumped him up my rankings independent of that trade anyways. He, he's just, uh, I like, you know, when, since he got sent back down, uh, you know, he struggled briefly in the big leagues. Then he got sent back down when he was at AAA that second time around. I, I, I liked the improved approach he was shown there and you know, the power is absolutely legit. And I was kind of thinking about this when I was doing this latest update, uh, my miss on Aaron judge still kind of haunts me. And I, and I just, I always kind of keep that in mind with, with guys that, uh, have, have crazy raw power and I just don't buy the hit tool. Um, kind of look for, 
similarities to try to make sure you don't make the same mistake again. Uh, with O'Neill's approach kind of coming around a little bit, um, I, I just felt I had to move him up. Still, I'm, I'm probably still lower than most people on him, but uh, yeah, and it's too late for me to get back in, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, I still think there's there's a chance that he's uh, productive the rest of the way for fantasy. Another guy who's not a prospect, obviously, but Jonathan VR. You know, I think he's oh, yeah. a guy who benefits a lot. Yep. I, I've spent up in you know, I've been to one AL only league that has Fab run really every night. Um, so there was finally that windfall. You know, so many players were jumping to the NL when they got some players into the AL pool, and Tommy Fan went for like ninety. Mm-hmm. I spent fifty six on VR, and then nine on Glass. Now I was pretty happy to get him. Oh, nice, pretty reasonable price. Um, but yeah, let's go through this um, updated top. 400 because you know we're just talking about the Rays and they seem to be in a pretty good spot and one guy who's I hadn't really I mean I'd heard the name but didn't know much about he's made a big jump Nathaniel Lowe if I'm if I'm not mistaken he was off the 400 entirely coming into the season yep now you have him up to 22 the numbers are good but a little old for his level but um do you think Lowe's a guy that a couple years could be a an impact fantasy asset yeah, I, I think he could be an impact fantasy asset as early as next summer. I think he's kind of on track to get promoted next year, sort of around the time that Jake Bowers got promoted this year. So next summer, uh, if he stays healthy and, and continues to produce, obviously always risky to buy in on first base prospects that are this old. I mean, he, he turned 23 about a month ago, still at double a, but you know, coming into the year, he had huge raw power. It's just, I mean, he didn't really have pedigree. It was like a 13th round pick in 2016. It was kind of seen as the lesser of the low brothers. His, his brother, Josh Lowe was a, uh, top 40 pick, I believe uh, a couple of years ago and low and Nathaniel obviously lasted to the, to the uh, 13th round, but I think low or Nathan it's, I'm going to keep saying low if we keep talking about raise prospects, but uh, Nathaniel is the better prospect right now by, by quite a wide margin. And I just, I mean, I, I haven't got to see him live, but I've, I've seen a decent amount of video. Uh, I don't really see any flaws if, you know, sometimes guys just get to AAA and, and AAA pitching is a whole different beast. I mean, we, we saw that with, you know, a guy like Sheldon Noisy this year where he just kind of hit a wall against AAA pitching. That happens sometimes, but it doesn't usually happen to guys that have Lowe's profile where, you know, he's walking more and he's striking out and striking out less than 15% of the time. That's that's really elite stuff, especially when you're a corner bat. Like sometimes you'll see that from like a five nine second baseman or, or something like that. But for for a big first baseman with huge raw power, for him to be pulling that off, uh, you know, twenty three. It's old for double A. It's not crazy old though. It's you know he's about like a year older than the average player at that level. And then I love the all fields approach. Like you're not going to be able to shift Nathaniel Lowe. He hits it pretty much the exact same amount of time to the left side as the right side hits it up the middle a ton. Uh, I, I don't see any flaws right now. Uh, WRC plus of 189 at high a WRC plus 188 at double a. I mean, that's, that's pretty insane. I think he's got a, a decent claim uh, to be the minor league hitter of the year. I think that probably goes to Vlad jr. But 
Uh, if you wanted to argue low just because of the time Vlad missed, uh, I think he's he's at least in the top five there with Eli Jimenez probably in that mix as well. But that's that's how good of a season he's having that that I can even compare him to those guys. And yeah, he's old to the level, but at a certain point you got to either buy in on a guy like this or just continue to write him off and then just be wrong if he ends up being good. And and I'm I'm ready to buy in on him. You mentioned Eloy Jimenez, and I saw the White Sox GM was down in Charlotte recently. I tried to pick up Eloy for the third time this season, and TGFBI was outbid this time. Um, <laughs> should have just held held steady with him on the bench. But I got antsy with that stash, man. I was going back and forth, <laughs> and it happens. But do you think we actually do see Jimenez pretty soon? I, I don't know. I don't know why they'd bring him up now. It doesn't seem to make business sense, but he's just killing it. Yeah, I mean he is. I I just don't. I don't see it. I mean, if, yeah. if you're if you're willing to hold him down this long, uh, I, I mean he was ready. He was ready for the big leagues like two months ago, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of whether he was at AAA or not. Same thing with Vlad. Uh, these guys are clearly ready. It's just why why do it? Why do it right now? Like he Eloy's not going to go up to the big leagues and give you a reason to send him back down this year or next year out of spring training. If you bring him up, he's going to prove he belongs and you're not going to be able to send him down. And then you've lost, uh, you know, roughly four months of team control over him. And even bigger than that, like I've said before on the show, it's not even just about getting the absolute maximum amount of team controls you can get. It's about having him controlled, in the years where you're contending. And if you bring him up now, then that's one extra year in your contention cycle where you don't have Eli Jimenez. So they're not going to be contending next year. They maybe will be contending in 2020 if everything goes great. Uh, and then hopefully they have a window there of, you know, four or five, six years where they're contenders. And if they bring him up now, then they lose him for one of the, the back end of that contention yeah. cycle. So it just doesn't make any sense in that regard. It's true. I've been tempted to, to go to that well again, but yeah, I'm with you that it just doesn't make business sense. Just yeah, as well as he's playing, deserving. I'm leaning towards it probably not happening. You mentioned that you did bump up Cabrian Hayes. Uh, Peter Alonso fell a bit. He only has one of one red downward arrow next to his name, but uh, I know he homered in the Futures game. But overall, body work this season kind of underwhelming. Let's talk about Corey Ray though for a minute. What a tear this guy's on he's up to 22 homers 32 stolen bases 864 ops what a turnaround it's been for him um some some major struggles early on in his pro career really over the past calendar year he's come on and improved his stock greatly do you know how many spots you bumped him up i think about 40 Uh, i think he was sort of just outside the top 100 and then i bumped him up to the back of the 60s so yeah, I think about forty spots for Corey Ray. You know, I mean he's he's got his flaws. Like he's he's gonna strike out a lot. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, he's almost twenty four, and he's almost striking out twenty nine percent of the time at Double A. That's not good, obviously. But what he will do is he'll hit home runs and he'll steal a crap load of bases. He's really really fast. He's really really good at stealing bases uh 32 for 36 this year at double a um that's kind of what you're buying if if you're buying Corey ray and you're expecting anything more than like a 250 average i think you're kind of kidding yourself 
you should probably be hoping for sort of Carlos Gomez type of production where just the power and the speed provide all the value and you just kind of deal with the batting average hit maybe or maybe kind of like Ian Desmond type of production uh that's sort of the best case scenario with him uh defense I think he could be uh, a pretty good defender in left field I don't I don't think he really profiles as a center fielder definitely not on this team so uh this was this was David Stern's first uh first round pick if I'm not mistaken as general manager so uh not a guy that I'm really ever expecting them to trade I think that there's some uh kind of attachment there on the part of the organization to the player I, I think he's a, a pretty good guy by all accounts too so um you know I think he finishes the year at double a opens the year at triple a um and I'd like to see him cut down the strikeout rate a little bit but I am not really that optimistic there I think you're just kind of getting what you get a guy with a, a relatively low batting average with power and speed yeah, he's no Taylor Trammell, but he's all right. Um, <laughs> Hell no. Talking trades and guys on the move, but real quick before we continue on with this post-deadline uh, 400 update, have you made any major trades in your Dynasty Keeper Leagues lately? I actually today traded our buddy Ralph Lifshitz. Uh, I traded him Brandon Marsh for Nathaniel Lowe in oh, nice. TDGX, straight up. I love I love doing prospect for prospect trades. Uh, you know, we never really see him in real life except for that one that the Cardinals and Indians did with, with Mercado and, and Connor Capel. Uh, but I love doing just kind of a, you know, challenge your rankings type of trade. Like I have this guy higher, you have this guy higher, let's, let's trade him and see what happens. And, um, so yeah, I, I didn't have any Nathaniel Lowe shares. Now I do. Nice. I just made one today too, actually, and staff keeper one, um, trading Darren and Jason Brown, Fernando Tatis, and Bo Bichette, and a 2020 third-round pick uh, for Jose Ramirez, who's under control through next season, and a $1 Lourdes Gurriel. I think Gurriel's kind of an interesting guy for dynasty purposes. Obviously hurt right now, but did that recent rough stretch change your expectations for him? Uh, wait, who? For Lourdes Gurriel? Oh, I mean... The recent hot stretch, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, have you? Have he was. You I was. Well, I mean, I was gonna in this update if he'd still been prospect eligible. I was gonna put him up well inside the top two hundred. Uh, he he's no he longer prospect eligible. He, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed at myself because we saw him in the AFL, and the thing that I really loved about him was just the body. Like he looks, he looks the part of a big league regular. I just wasn't, I'm not really into, into guys that age that come over from Cuba. I, I think they, I know, I know that's, uh, they typically, they typically aren't, like. they typically end up underwhelming. Um, that, that streak he was on was like 11 multi-hit yeah. games in a row. Like that, that, that was just, a wild streak. I just don't think you luck into something like that no i mean there's not you know there's not much patience there but why would why would he be taking pitches when you're in a zone like that like his uh, brother <laughs> right um yeah i think he i think he's a guy that could hit for a high average I, i'm not expecting a ton in terms of power and speed but i think he could probably hit enough to be a regular yeah i my thinking was you know i'm really gearing up for next year as kind of the year to go to, to try to win it to win the league ryan roof's running away with it this season 
Uh, so I don't think the addition of Jose Ramirez is going to help me much this year, but um, getting Guriel for $1 for each of the next two years and um, Jose Ramirez for $11 next year, I think that was worth Tatis and Bichette, as good as I think they're going to be. Um, I thought it was time to cash out on those two. Adam Hazley having a hell of a year this season. Um, at his current level, only three homers and uh, no stolen bases. But he was on a nice run at high A to start the season. He's been a, a mover. Um, when do you expect to see him? Uh, probably not until 2020. Uh, I mean, he he did, he had a swing change. I don't know if it was when he was still at high A or when he got to double A, but he's unlocked a, a ton of power at double A, just 20 games. But the ISO's up over 180. He's walking more than he's striking out. He uh, He's obviously hitting... Uh, tearing the cover off the ball hitting almost 350 right now um you know this is a guy that i i didn't like his swing when he was an amateur and that's why i was never really high on him and he didn't really do anything to persuade me to go in the opposite direction uh last season and he even got off to a, a pretty slow start this season but when guys make adjustments like that you have to make adjustments and now i think he he's starting to look like a, a legit guy that could be an everyday player the the type of guy that they thought they were getting when they took him in the first round uh so you know i had him way way down my rankings before and after the swing change he's back up in the top 100 um i know some people don't like when i have drastic swings and change my mind on guys like that but what you know what do you want me to do like i'm just operating with the information i have uh i think hazley's a legit guy now and he's he was actually someone who i was able to pick up off waivers in uh, tdgx this past week because uh, someone dropped him during his real real cold start to the season and I, i think a lot of the league owners didn't realize that he had been dropped so definitely a guy who you know, if, if the people in your league are kind of asleep at the wheel and didn't realize that he's made these adjustments and kind of turned into a different type of hitter at the plate, uh, a guy worth checking to see if he's out there. Miguel Vargas, one spot behind Hazley. Uh, Hazley, 86. Vargas, 87. Vargas, another guy is kind of, um, at least for me, showed up, popped up out of nowhere. Numbers good, still down at rookie ball, but this guy wasn't, part of this draft class was he what's what's the story on no he's kind of popped up for everyone uh ian khan my my league mate in rdi actually he was like you know he texted me i think this was two or three weeks ago i was like hey should we think about adding this guy i'd never heard of him uh but i really liked everything that i that i read and and found out uh he's uh, a guy from cuba defected when he was 16 uh wasn't signed until last September so there was a two-year gap between when he had last played and then this season and for him to hit the ground running like this as an age-appropriate guy in the Pioneer League uh it's really impressive um obviously makes a ton of contact striking out under 13 percent of the time he uses the whole field almost too much like he he's very opposite field heavy right now with his approach and uh that's something i'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye on but you know with his size he's six foot three 200 pounds uh 
probably ends up at, at third base or first base. But, you know, with that size and that approach and those contact skills, I think there's a, a very high ceiling for him in terms of batting average and power production. Kind of reminds me a little bit in that regard of Jordan Alvarez in the, the Astros system. So uh, definitely a guy that wasn't – he wasn't on anyone's radar coming into this year. He was only signed for about 300000 bucks out of Cuba. Uh, but he's he's the talk of the Pioneer League right now. The Pioneer League will – will make fools of us all because it's a very hitter friendly environment. There's a lot of bad pitching in that league. Uh, so you want to be careful not to get too over aggressive and maybe I'm a little too over aggressive on this ranking, but you know, this is the time of year where you find the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe it's, maybe it's Miguel Vargas, maybe it's Deshaun Knowles, maybe it's, uh, Antonio Cabello and the Yankee system. Like th- there's, there's a handful of guys it could be. I mean, if you're just sitting there and waiting for more information on these guys, you're just not going to be able to add them in your league. So, uh, I'm a little bit out there on Vargas, but uh, I see a lot to like. Yeah. I think you're wise to say that, you know, you gotta be churning those roster spots over trying to find, uh, piece that'll stick a piece that'll maybe be a difference maker down the road. I got some churning to do an RDI this coming week. Um, just some prospects are just kind of middling guys like Genesis Cabrera. He was one that was moved. Um, you know, it's still decently high on your list, but I just get a sense that, you know, a lot of people think he's going to be a bullpen arm. Probably time to, to go ahead and cut bait with a guy like that. Um, he's got a, an 80 name though. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what brought me in. I was like, <laughs> there's something here. There's, there's something here. Yeah, there's something I like here. this. <laughs> uh, by the way, I was at, I was visiting my brother and, and his family down there. And last weekend got to go to a Charleston river dogs game. And I got to see, it's always fun when you go to a minor league game, a guy on your dynasty team, Dermis Garcia, go yard. Oh, he went deep yeah. in that game. Yeah, it was sweet. I was going to ask you about that. I remember I saw you tweet that you were at the game, and I looked at the two pitchers, and I was like, oh, that sucks. Clay, yeah, didn't, was, Clay didn't get anyone good on the mound, but that's awesome that, that you got to see a Dermis bomb. Yeah, it was sweet, man. I what? was like, oh, I have that guy. Describe the, describe the bomb. Um, it was a well-struck ball. I mean, I think it went to the left, and I mean, it was my – my nephew and my niece were kind of going crazy at that point. The game is pretty late. Um, uh, so I didn't actually see the ball off the bat, but he made, made good contact. So, um, that's funny that you got to see Dermis Garcia because he's actually, uh, the Yankees are going to experiment with him as a two way player. What? Yeah. Going to pitch. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to pitch and hit now. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. How about that? Huh? Well, that's kind of crazy. By the way, got to fire some balls with the the radar gun, throwing a cool sixty four. Oh, wow! How about that? So crazy. I swung as hard as I could, and like that's not even a knuckleball. In well, the dude, don't feel bad. I was at uh, when I was at Coors Field. I I didn't like do any of the uh, radar gun stuff, but I was watching some real amped up teens. You know, you know, mm-hmm. sixteen, seventeen year old kids really thinking they're. They're awesome. They're in there uh, juicing it up at like 56, 57. So, hey, yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. That's around where my brother was at, and we had a bet going. Nice. So, I at least won a free beer from my brother, but that's throwing that's, that gas, you know? That's definitely one of those things where uh, when you do it, you're just, you're so amped up and you like try so hard yeah. and you, you think that you've, you're like, oh, that's got to be like mid 70s at least. And then <laughs> it's like 62. Yeah. Like, oh, darn it. 
Uh, real quick, fantasy baseball fans, the season is now, what, two-thirds of the way over? And with baseball season, of course, comes FanDuel, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full-season grind. Something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Uh, play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription, which will help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Uh, another name that's kind of new to me, Antonio Cabello, uh, another guy at rookie ball right now. Uh, actually, it doesn't look like he's played in competitive uh, ball yet this season. Yeah, uh, no, he, yeah, yeah he is. For some reason, it wasn't showing up on the prospects page. Um, but yeah, he is. If you click through, we have we have some uh, feed issues, especially yeah. with some of the guys that are new to the database. But um, plus the redesign. I mean, it's still yeah. they're doing a great job of just like responding to um, people's requests and, you know, things they liked on the old site that they're adding back in slowly but surely. Yeah, this is as good a time as ever to say, yes, we've heard the complaints about how you can't do a control find or command find. Uh, They are working on building in a a search function in there so that you can jump around the 400. So if you've kind of been annoyed by that you're definitely not alone we're, we're working on a fix there yeah i found out that the hard way i was searching for like daniel johnson i was like oh, he's not he's off the 400 oh man he's down like 222 or something i thought he'd maybe fallen off that would have been bad um but cabello yeah he is at in the gulf coast league five homers five steals but man that slash line 342 447 613 just 17 years old but this is kind of a if he's out there a must grab in your dynasty league yeah, I mean, th- this is kind of what it looks like when a guy is potentially breaking out of the scene, you know? I mean, just crazy numbers. Uh, he's he's a burner. Like, he, he's maybe not a 70-grade runner, but I think he's an he's a easy-plus runner right now. Uh, so that's, that's a real nice base. And then the contact skills and approach is another real nice base. So, uh, hard to say where the hit tool settles, but you know, for a 17 year old that's stateside, that's getting to power in games, uh, mostly to the pull side, as you'd expect at that age, but, uh, getting to the power in games, not striking out. I mean, strikeout rate under 20% as a 17-year-old in the GCL is very excellent. And then walking a ton, I mean, and and with that speed, there's just, you know, he could really kind of turn into anything. There's no sort of bounds to where I would put any of his his tools at this stage in the game. So, uh, and he's he's a smaller guy. He's, he's like 5'10", 5'11", uh, you know, not not too thick or anything like that so he can kind of grow into that that frame a little bit um yeah a lot to like a lot to like nice by the way i see colby allard has held firm at 110 did you consider moving him down after what was a pretty rough debut no he got the win but i 1k there was nothing he could have done in that start that would have moved him up or down really this is all floor it i mean it's just you know he's a guy that's not uh 
he's not going to miss a ton of bats, uh, especially early on. He's just kind of a guy that you hope makes it as a mid-rotation starter. He's basically big league ready at this point. Uh, A lot of those guys end up just kind of underwhelming. The guys that don't have the the big-time strikeout rates and that just get that sort of mid-rotation starter label, a lot of those guys end up – as busts as you know we saw the guy like matt whistler who was just a throw-in in that adam duvall deal i mean he used to kind of the same same stuff was said yeah. about him so uh just a guy that you, you know you hope it works out he's he's big league ready um but i wasn't really surprised by by that outcome isaac paredes a guy who i know was has kind of fluctuated a bit over the past year or so uh, had fallen but now is back up to 114 you know, the slash line looks good, but is there power speed there to, to really dream on? Uh, there's not really speed. Um, you know, he's a 19-year-old. Oh, wow. he had 12 homers at high. Yeah, there, didn't realize that. He, he's a 19-year-old at double A, so that's that kind of just tells you how advanced he is mm-hmm. as, a, as a hitter. There's a lot of work to do, I think, uh, in terms of using the whole field. Um, but he's walking more than he's strike, struck out so far at double A, which I would definitely not have predicted at this stage, but it's just 12 games. Um, you know, just at any time a guy that's that age is forcing the issue and, and reaching double A before he turns 20, uh, you got to take note. I think there are definitely some flaws in his game, but those guys typically go on to have uh, pretty long careers. Nice. So we talked a little bit earlier about Eloy and, Oh, it's hard to imagine that he'd get the call. But anybody else that you still expect to see? I know I mentioned last week like I thought Sean Reed Foley could maybe get the call. Uh, anybody else who you can maybe uh, think about stashing? You know, stashing season's kind of over for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just riddled with injuries, too. Like even, I can't afford to. You know, even if a guy came up, I mean, he would have to be uh, – it's like, what's a guy – what's a – rookie making his big league debut at this point who is not because none of the elite guys i i don't expect any of the elite guys to come up maybe i mean w- we should expect to see victor robles in september because he's on the 40 man but is he going to play like i i don't know uh austin hayes probably not he's no i mean the the one guy that i just and it would be a lot easier to kind of make the call that he's that he might come up and, and do something is jesus lazardo but he's still at double a uh they are gonna promote him or though. did he just get promoted yeah okay. well after his after his next starter um yeah i'm seeing we have him listed triple a now uh you know that's a guy to me where it makes sense because a i think he can get big league hitters out right now and b the a's are trying to compete and trying to get into the postseason and I mean, he might be their best or second best pitcher. <laughs> so it makes sense from a baseball standpoint, uh, just in terms of wins and losses, uh, to call him up. Uh, but do, he's another guy like Eloy, where if you call him up right now, I don't really see him giving you a reason to send him back down. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could just sort of say that it was for the the stretch run and then send him back to AAA to start out the year because he's a pitcher. And, I mean, I think it's a lot easier to kind of play that game with a pitcher than it is a hitter. Uh, so, I mean, Jesus Lazardo is the guy that I would maybe point to as just kind of a long shot that, that would have a chance to make a, a fantasy impact. But, I mean, you know, Mike Soroka is going to come off the DL, I still think, at some point and, and make 
a handful of starts down the stretch. So if he was dropped, maybe that's a guy you could go stash. But stashing season's pretty much over. Uh, yeah, but, it's sad, man. Yeah. It was fun while it lasted, but <laughs> all good things must come to an end. Um, trying to look through the, the rest of the list. Obviously, interesting names throughout, but um, one guy, D.L. Hall. I, know, I remember him getting drafted and kind of being intrigued. Numbers really good so far this year. Uh, do you think maybe in a couple of years he's the guy that could be at the front of that Baltimore rotation? Yeah, you know, we're going to talk about the uh, org ranks next week. And I know Orioles fans are going to look at where they rank on there and, and be a little disappointed. Uh, but it's, you know, I'm really rewarding teams that have a lot of guys up top, you know, because as you should, like you want the the best of the best. Uh, the Orioles don't have a lot of that. They only have two guys in the top 100. But if you just kind of look down the system, there are makings of a intriguing big league rotation here two or three years down the line, and D.L. Hall would top that rotation for me. Uh, their first-round pick this past year, Grayson Rodriguez, is probably up there too. But uh, if D.L. Hall maxes out, he's a lefty that throws in the mid-90s with a wipeout breaking ball. Uh, might be the best pitcher in the Sally League right now. Uh, so he's, his stock is way up. I wasn't sure he'd throw enough strikes uh, to stick as a starter, and he's, that's still something he's gonna, that's going to be an issue for him, I think, in, in the coming years. But uh, I'm, more, I'm a lot more confident now that he sticks in the rotation than I was uh, a few months ago. Talked about how I have to start churning my RDI farm system, and one of those guys may have to get dropped. And I thought he was a piece that could be pretty good down the road. Will Benson Oof. does have 16 homers and six steals, but 165? Are you kidding Oof. me? I don't see any way this guy hits for a high average or even like an acceptable average at the major league level. Only 20 years old, but is this the kind of guy? I know we talked about those lessons learned from a guy like Aaron Judge and Maybe you could see some similarities in a guy like Benson, but do you think maybe in, in most dynasty leagues it's time to just cut bait? Uh, you know, it, I could see why it would be tough for an owner to cut the cord just because of, you know, you're still, you want to dream on that upside. I think in OBP leagues you still have to hold steady uh, because he's he's still getting on base at a acceptable clip, not a great clip, but I mean, when you factor in that is Babip's under 200, uh, you got to assume there's positive regression coming next year. Um, but yeah, it's been a, a disaster of a season for him. Uh, I mean, that average is, it's, it's tough. It's tough to look at for sure. I'm, I'm not going to take him off the 400 this year. I think he'll, he'll enter next year back on the 400, uh, if we have another year like this, though, then I would take him off the 400. If you're in a roto uh, standard league where where you're just looking at batting average, I got to imagine there's there's a handful of guys out there on your waiver wire I'd rather roster than than Benson. And I think that's something that a lot of like when I've been looking because you know every time I update uh, the top 400, I go and look in my dynasty leagues and look at the roster grid and just kind of do the player search and just highlight the guys that are still owned and uh, I always notice owners hanging on to guys that I would have cut bait with months months ago mm-hmm. if not you know weeks ago uh, and I think it's tough for people when it's someone that maybe you drafted or just you know whatever you don't want to admit that 
that was a wasted pick or or you're just not keeping up with what's going on with that player. Right. You're yeah. So focus on your major league. Sure. Roster. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, and that's, that's the case. I mean, like in a league like RDI, you have a, a decent amount of owners in there that are uh, just stud season long players that are just kind of getting their feet wet in the, in the dynasty setting. So I wouldn't expect those guys necessarily to be uh, fully on top of what all their prospects are doing. But I, I do think people tend to hold certain guys a little too long like like here's a perfect example um and i don't even know who uh i don't even know who has him Probably. in any of my dynasty leagues but like riley pint uh oh yeah riley pint was the number four overall overall pick a couple of years ago um and obviously it, it was a horrible landing spot you never want a pitching prospect you like to end up with the rockies but i mean the guy can't throw strikes at all uh the stuff is still pretty decent, but I mean, he just, it's from where he is to where he'd have to get to, to be a big league starting pitcher. It's just light years away. Like he, he's just so, so far away from that. Uh, I would have dropped him, uh, in the middle of last season yet. I think he's still rostered in all my dynasty leagues. And I just, it's like, you can cut, cut the cord. Like you, the Riley Pint thing, if it works out, it's going to work out like five years from now. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's just one example, but I think in, in a lot of leagues, people just grasp onto these prospects that they, they drafted and are unwilling to kind of move on when there are tons of guys just popping up like every week, this time of year, when, when the rookie leagues are going short season leagues are going like every week or two, there's a couple more guys just popping up that have, you know, that you can dream on that have upside that have trade value. Like we picked up, uh, Ian and I picked up Deshaun Knowles, who I love in RDI and we're able to flip him for Ian Desmond to try to win this year. And like Ian had to talk me into that move because like, I love Deshaun Knowles, but like, you know, if we'd just been sitting there holding all the guys that we had, uh, heading into this part of the calendar and not add a guy like Knowles, then we don't have Ian Desmond. And, uh, you just have to you have to be active and you have to be willing to just kind of chalk up a loss on some of these guys. Yeah, and that's why I appreciate that you are on top of this. You're the only you know rolling well list that kind of continually updates in the industry. And I think you know maybe some people would say that there were some overreactions, but I really don't think so because you got to uh, you got to adjust expectations. You can't just sit on your thumbs and. I'll say, well, I thought this guy was this coming in, but if you have more of a sample, you can better judge a player, and you have to react to that judgment. Uh, we said the stashing season is over, but it doesn't sound like you'll have to wait much on Ramon Laureano because he's actually supposedly coming up, according to Susan Slusser. Mm. He's not high on your list, but he's inside the top 350. It's a you know, pretty good year at Nashville. It is PCL, but... Uh, is he somebody that you think maybe could play enough to be useful in deep leagues? Well, uh, I didn't even know who Nick Martini was like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, so, so, I mean, he's already a guy that's semi-useful in some format. So um, Laureano was a guy that I added on this last update. He wasn't on the top 400 a couple days ago, but, uh, you know, you got to take notice of of what he's doing, how close he is to the big leagues. Uh, he's got a, a big time arm in the outfield. So like th- there are certain characteristics where you're like, oh, I could see how he'd get playing time. Like, I mean, he's, if he's a good enough defender, 
uh, that gets him at bats. He's got a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. Uh, I could see a, a way where he's useful in, in deeper leagues over the rest of the season. I probably wouldn't bet on it, but um, definitely a guy that in AL only is specifically should probably be rostered. And then, yeah, in, in your deeper mixers, maybe worth a shot if you're hurting in the outfield. Yeah, certainly. Well, certainly AL only. Like in uh, labor, man, I could use any at bats I can get, so I'm going to probably well, throw a bit in on him. You know, I mean, he's he bats right handed too, so maybe, maybe it's only a short side platoon action or mixed with kind of a defensive replacement type of type of role. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, I know I'm going to miss out on the fams and the VRs and and labor, so I may have to settle for like a one dollar. Loriano bid maybe that could be useful in a league that deep but um good stuff James we appreciate it. any of the other thoughts you've had just recently or any other prospects you wanted to mention quickly uh yeah I mean I, I think you know I moved I moved Wander Franco of the Rays up inside the top 15 uh he's still just 17 years old but um you know what are you gonna do he's he's a monster he hit the the reviews on him from pretty much everyone that's seen him play are just about as glowing as it gets you know lots of just crazy hyperbolic like i've never seen anything like this before like that stuff like that you know uh so i mean he he definitely seems like he's kind of on that fast track to being a top five prospect in the game but I think you kind of there are sort of just checkpoints that a guy has to hit before you put him there. Like even though like I think most people, if you said like what's who's going to be the top five prospects like a year from now, I think Franco would be kind of a, a universal name that would get thrown out there. But for me, I, I still kind of want to see those checkpoints, and you know he still hasn't faced full season pitching, so I'm not. I'm not rushing to get him inside the top 10. I know some people uh, want him there already, but uh, you know, the guys ahead of him are there for a reason and he'll, he'll get there eventually. It's just, you know, I think 14 in the top 400 for a 17 year old is, is plenty aggressive. Nice. Well, great insight as always, James, by the way, this could probably be saved for off the air, but um, <laughs> when you get a chance in RDI as the commish, do you mind maybe switching out the, uh, you know, lowercase, unlisted William Contreras for the actual William Contreras was not in the play. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. All right. You get a chance. I don't cons- want somebody picking up my William Contreras. Look, I'll consider it. I, I always do kind of get a ki- – <laughs> oh, oh, well, actually, I've got a, a fun tangent. Um, <laughs> so I the actual Wander Franco recently got added to the CBS database. Yeah. And in two of my dynasty leagues, a guy – bid like heavy on the, oh, yeah. on the like new guys like oh i got him like you seriously don't think he was rostered yeah. you seriously think we're all that bad at dynasty baseball that wander franco wasn't rostered till you just found him like what's wrong with you yeah that's true i i do trust that the rdi group would be smart enough to know that but i just don't you know i don't want somebody looking at your new update but, oh man i think it's all, see, see i think it's kind of funny when guys see i I want someone to do that now so we can kind of like shame them into <laughs> dropping i'm like actually no yeah. no he was on no although as a commissioner <laughs> man it's so annoying to have to go back and readjust budgets and all that thankfully in yeah. staff keeper three things have settled down well since you asked nicely i'll 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 just consider it i'll do it i mean not not press i'll do it at some point <laughs> All right, so we're on to number four on the collabs countdown, and my entry 
uh, is a song that I was, you know, when we first talked about this, I was pretty set on this being number one. Ended up settling on it on being number four, and that's uh, Street Talking. Oh, Slick nice. Rick featuring Outkast. Big Boy is really the only is the only member that has a verse, but uh, this song is one of my all time favorites. I love the video and Slick Rick. You know, I never really listened to a ton of like the solo stuff. I did listen to like one of his first albums, and you know the singles were usually really good. But I never really like did a deep dive on Slick Rick. But I uh, love the flow. I'd say he's got an eighty grade flow. Very unique style. Funny, too. Like, he's one of those rappers who's actually, like, pretty funny in some of his rhymes. Um, and I just think street talking holds up still. I listen to that, like, I mean, not all the time, but if I'm, like, walking to the gym or something, uh, which I'm trying to do more, I'll, I'll almost always throw that on. Uh, I mean, I love Slick Rick. Uh, a guy that I feel like I almost sort of missed, missed a bit of the window yeah. on a little bit just because... Um, you know, and Eric B and Rakim and public enemy are kind of this way too, uh, where it's just, it's just amazing stuff that they recorded. Uh, some of the tracks hold up better than others, you know, further down the road. Some of like the, the, the adventures of slick Rick. Yeah. That's a good, album. like that's a, a classic, classic album. I just don't, I think some of the tracks just don't really hold up all that well mm-hmm. today. Um, even though they were you know, just genius stuff at the time. Uh, I knew, I knew that song was going to make an appearance for you though. Um, so even make construction workers start acting kind of feminine. (laughs) Um, love that song. Really good. Um, I was going to say, I had something else that I wanted to mention, but I forget what it is now. So let's just move on to your song. All right. Um, mine. Oh, I didn't remember real quick. Um, we were talking about Gangstar. Somebody on Twitter said that you'd be disappointed if Dwick didn't make the uh, the list. For me, it's not going to, but I was listening to that the other day, and I I do love that song. Great I mean, nice. Yeah, it, there's there are a handful of gangster songs that I wish I could include. Uh, you know, right where you stand with Jadakiss. Yeah, uh, that's a great one. A couple others. Um, I Dwick's not going to make it for me. I, it's just nothing, nothing against the track or, or Gangstar. It's just you know you're trying to put this list together. It, it, you got to make some tough choices. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, my my number four hip hop collab is got my mind made up. Uh, Tupac featuring Dog Pound, Method Man, and Red Man. Uh, nice. Probably my, if not my favorite Tupac verse, uh, top three Tupac verse for me. And I'm not a huge Tupac guy at all, so uh, a lot of people that know me might even be surprised that any Tupac tracks made my my top 20. But, uh, you know, the 80-grade beat here by Daz, uh, really, I mean, the Daz verse is just, uh, it's so quiet, you can barely understand what he's saying, but the beat, he's kind of just letting the beat uh, do the heavy lifting for his verse, but Mm. then... Uh, Tupac really brings it. Method Man on the hook. Corrupt obviously brings it real hard. Um, <laughs> real, real hard. Uh, Method Man, awesome on there. Red Man, awesome on there. Uh, just a, a real classic mid-90s collab. Uh, East Coast, West Coast. You know, what? what's not to love? Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, 
Yeah, I, you know how I feel about modern day Method Man, <laughs> but he does have some all time classics. I, I love that we got in trouble for uh, the Don Don, or I got in trouble for the Don Don hate, and you didn't uh, get in trouble. For <laughs> and uh, Ralph did jump to his defense. Yeah, you're. But meanwhile, like you're taking shots at Method Man every chance you get. Yeah, Method needs to <laughs> needs to stop with that drop the mic stuff. All right, just. <laughs> You can find something else to do. I don't. I don't know how bad you're hurting for money, but I mean, he could come write, you know, rap notes for us if he wants to. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'll hire Methon, the baseball crew, in a second. Come on, get out of that gig and come over here. You know, when I listen to the newest Wu Tang album, which is good, by the way, I know you're reluctant to give it a listen, but uh, the song continues. But they're like, there's one like solo Method song, and I always skip it. I'm just. Like, <laughs> You just got no more time for it, man. I just don't want to hear this. He had his run. He had his window. Um, he's like he's like Albert Pujols now, a little bit. You know, he's way older than... Um, See, if he had Albert Pujols' money, his he would stay out of your face. But he, he doesn't. We need Albert Pujols to cut him off, uh, cut him off a little yeah, chunk. Yeah, break Method Man off a little chunk. You can spare it. All right, great stuff, James. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next week on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast sponsored by FanDuel. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.